Sorry, they've got no text no, on them. No, it's just the pictures. Well, that's enough content for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to keep me going for 20 minutes. Like, no fucking text. Yeah, it, what the fuck? If you play a card, you'll look up at them and go, what does that do? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the upside, though, it'd be pointless blanking their text box with nightmares. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens, and he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave, he cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom, he plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 97. I'm your host, Dave Bamford, and today I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts, uh, Mr. Thomas Peel. Say hello, Peel. I thought you'd forgotten our names for a minute there. I genuinely thought, uh, hang on a minute, uh, who's here, who's here, who's here? I was going to add something in the minute, in the middle, like fresh from their Christmas break or something, uh, but then they're not fresh, like you, it's been so long that you're haggard again. You're tired from waiting. So yes, long. I'm back. So that would have been wrong. And then I had decided who I was going to uh, introduce first. And so I had a little like crisis. Ah. And I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll <laughs> heal first. <laughs> So that, that explains the gap. doesn't have to be edited out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Hello, by the way. Hello. How are you, Phil? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Good, good. <laughs> and we are also joined by our other regular host, Mr. Tony Makos. Say hello, Tony. I thought we'd forgot, forgotten how to podcast properly there. <laughs> Everything was just collapsing around us before we could even get past the introduction. I mean, we've had quite a turbulent like half an hour where we basically discuss like our entire cast in advance which is which is interesting because my favorite part of that is is me coming on going uh, oh this needs to be a quick one i've got one load of van but then it's kind of gone into ah oh, <laughs> we'll start at 9:49. Um, i've got 9:47, so you're still okay you've got two minutes ahead, oh fantastic those two minutes Woo, i'm gonna use those two minutes wisely <laughs> It's been such a turbulent two months and one day that we've forgotten how to talk to each other via microphones. Yeah. And, and yeah. Even, we've even forgotten the most basic... Uh, fucking hell. See? 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 I've forgotten. <laughs> um, You're proving your own point. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here and pull faces, which is good for an audio medium. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Today, Peel and I will be discussing the following topics. <laughs> I'm nodding. (laughs) 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 That's enough out of you, Tony. I'm still nodding. First up, we will be discussing some announcements from FFG in the form of the Baratheon box, changes to organised play structure, and the restricted list. And then at the end, we'll finish with a bit of community news. And then we're going to watch some Alan Partridge, because it's currently on right now and we're missing it. Yeah. So this is how much we love you guys. Like, we have put off watching Alan Partridge by at least 19 minutes. And that's if we leave now. So it's, mm. it's quite, a long, quite a long time. That's if we leave now. And trust yeah. me, I'm becoming more and more tempted to. Community, if it wasn't for the iPlayer, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Okay. So, first up, let's talk about the Barra Box. 
Yay, let's talk about the bar box. I'm not excited at all, honestly. Not at all. Not even just a little bit. I'm very excited. For You're the bar, a bar, bar player, player Tony. You should be really excited. Why wouldn't I have the bar box? But they've also they've also done this uh, th- this fantastic thing, uh, which is to and they probably did this with all the other uh, the other factions as well. But because I don't really care about a lot of the other factions, I haven't really noticed if it's if that has been the case. What they've done is that is the cards that they have spoiled for the Barrow Box are properly fucking exciting. <laughs> and they might have done fuck who knows? There's lots of exciting cards in the game. There's lots of exciting cards that have come out of deluxe boxes. And they probably spoiled them, probably people that were right into Lannister and Night's Watch and Terrell and all that went, ooh, and shit themselves with excitement when the, when that page went up. I don't really care. I didn't, I didn't really notice if that was the case then. Because now, now, now we're properly on topic. Now we're properly focusing my attention. Uh, I saw these and, and properly shit myself. These are good cards. This is, this is a thing that doesn't happen very often with the yellow faction guys. <laughs> These are absolutely fucking top notch cards that I cannot wait, uh, to, to have in my greasy hands and, uh, <clears throat> be able to play with them. So yeah, it's a good thing. Okay. Has been a while for you, hasn't it really? Let's be honest. I mean, um, been a long time. Yeah. They, they really haven't been good for a very substantial amount of time. Three copies of Justin Massey do not a good deck make. No. I mean, it, it, it's, it's okay. You know, but it's not. No, it's not, no it's, it's it's not what you want, though, is it? Let's no. be honest. And I'm looking. I'm you know, I'm kind of scrolling down that page again. I'm getting the same tingle in my loins that I had the first evening that this popped up on the FFT site. And I'm looking at them all again. I'm going, ah, everything's going to be all right, guys. Everything's going to be all right. I'm pretty excited about this as well because my first memory of seeing a Thrones card really was I bought the corset and I bought a chapter pack. But in the car home, I wasn't going to open a corset and mess about with that so i opened the chapter pack to see what was in there uh and one of the first yeah. cards in that pack is valor Morgulis stannis the super stannis hey. and you don't know what it does but you read the words and you think i think he's really really good i think all these words add up to something that's really strong and it was he had four keywords <laughs> like, <laughs> he also very crucially had a, a, a small sentence that began with the word immune yeah. Which can't be about you. You're reading that, even if you don't know the game, going, well, that's probably pretty good. That's probably. Yeah, yeah. no one has bad immunities. <laughs> surely not. You know, sometimes sometimes you've got two sided immunities. You know, you had everyone loved the old Pots Viper and the fact that it was immune to events, but once in a blue moon, you looked at it and went, ah, shit. I mean, I can't play Distinct Master to stand him up. Bollocks. Ah, well, it doesn't matter. He's got a hundred other good things that happened to him. This immune to an entire, another entire kind of card in the game. Especially second head. Yeah, it's the bollocks, mate. It's the absolute bollocks. They should do. They, see what they should do is we've we've got a pretty thriving podcast community when it comes around to, when it when, when it comes to to thrones. I think the uh, I'm sure the podcast community for L5R and uh, Netrunner rest in peace. I'm sure they were all great and big and thriving and, and all that. But they should do with these uh, deluxe boxes what they do with like uh, books. And get blurbs and, and little kind of comments from like other authors on the back. So what? The, by the time this box comes out, it should have on the box, you know, Baratheon, Fury of the Storm, or whatever. Is it called Fury of the Storm? Fury of the Storm. She said Baratheon, Fury of the Storm, uh, for the Game of Thrones LCG card game. In quotes, the absolute bollocks. Back <laughs> the- <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but when we first did card reviews, we used to rate things as the dog's bollocks or just bollocks. Until we realised that we needed slightly more nuance than that, and added, "Well, it's okay in melee." 
as our, as our <laughs> middle ground. Yeah. You have to have middle ground, and OK and melee is normally the yeah. middle ground. And broadly speaking, that means you could probably fit it in a draft deck as well. You know, it's an alt format card. <laughs> in melee, yes. In standard, no, don't be an idiot. Like, it's, it's one of them. But then again, who plays melee? So That's true. No, nobody plays melee. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, for all the shit that either I or we or, uh, the, you know, the Royal we give second edition for it not being first edition and all the usual all the usual bollocks. The, the one thing that is an obvious significant kind of improvement from from first is the and it, it does make a great deal of mechanical difference, but is the artwork on the cards. Oh, yeah. Right. The art on the cards mm. is significantly better. Oh, and, yeah. Well, they've, they've yeah. clearly got a bit of. In, in, you know, they put a bit more time into it this time. So I was going. And while it's very interesting looking at this, but looking at the cards at the spot so far to find out how much art they've actually reused, it's interesting that it makes me kind of think. Actually, you know what? All the art in the first in first edition wasn't that bad because I'm staring at some of it just now, going, "Yeah, that's pretty good." And the new stuff is absolutely fucking phenomenal. The uh, the artwork on that new Stannis is absolutely oh, yeah. great. I love that new Stannis. And they, and they've and they've cherry picked like the good stuff from the from first ed and reused it. It's it's a beautiful looking. I'm, I'm scrolling down the page just now. It's a beautiful looking page. No, it's just got some great fucking That's pictures the on. The nicest of the first edition Renly arts, I think. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. absolutely. And so it's good that they put that on the Barra box Renly. He's the Renly that's not going to rotate. He's the you know the in faction Renly. That's fantastic. Yes. And when they. In 99% of cases, when they've reused art from first edition, it's looked better in the second edition cards. Um, some of them have been a crop too tight, uh, especially the champ card, uh, Marge. Mm. Uh, and there's a couple of instances where it's not quite as nice, but normally the templating fits it better and the, co- the colours are better. You look at um, yeah. Summoning Season versus Summons, and Summons looks amazing, and Summoning Season just looks like a pile of shit, which it was. Yeah. They've done good, like shine up jobs on a lot of them to kind of make them pop, as you say, much uh, much brighter. I mean, even just looking at, uh, I'm looking at the little fan, you know, the thing in the middle of the page, a fan of like five barra cards, and three of them are old first ed arts, but they fit tremendously in second ed. Like the Dale Seaworth and uh, Shara Errol and and that Mel, they're all they're all arts that have been used before. Cape Wrath, isn't it? It might be, but I've seen so many pictures of boats, mate. I couldn't tell you if it was new or old. Have a look. Boats, boats, boats. Let's Google Cape Wrath LCG. Yes, it's the same art. It's it's been cropped again, so you're missing the cape itself. <laughs> just see, just yeah. seeing the boat. <laughs> it's just a boat in some trouble, but the the only thing that that makes it pop to me is the fact that it's a yellow card and it's not a green yeah. card or a red card or whatever or whoever else has boats. And we are well known for our like of yellow boats. We do, we do like like the odd boat, but I couldn't. If if you took all the words off the card, I couldn't probably tell you the difference between one and another. With a with a significant exception, which is the Great Kraken, because it has a big cock on the front of it. Did you put the cock there yourself? Great Kraken has a huge cock on the front of it. Once you see it, you will not be able to unsee it. Let's have a look. Let's Google that. But that's that is literally the only card that I can see without the text and go. Oh yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't want to look just because I know I play it. Honestly. A spiky cock. Sorry, great joy players. Sorry, great joy players. That will uh, haunt your dreams, but you deserve it. Uh, no, somebody we pointed don't. out <laughs> that um, it, in the water gardens art, it looks like someone's skateboarding along the front. Have you seen that? 
and they, they were really upset with the uh, now they've seen the blown up version in the champ uh, deck. They're just like, oh, he's not skateboarding, it's just a kid. Plank of wood. Let us dream at least. <laughs> so yeah, cheers for that, Lennart. Ruined our dream. Mm. Um, <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I'm really excited by this Barabox. It's got outwit in it. It has got outwit in it. That's yeah, that's the thing. Isn't it? to cancel a plot card. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing that. I figured as much. Boxes usually have an agenda, uh, right? The Stark one doesn't. I. Okay. You kind of ex- you do expect that. Gregor's got sea of blood. Lannister has reigns. The Tyrell of a the Tyrell of yeah, an agenda. Tyrell has a conclave. Martell has war. Oh yeah. Come. Uh, I'm not sure about the Night's Watch box. The Night's Watch probably didn't. Where was Greenside? Greenside was no, probably in a pack. I don't know, but there might be a there might be a there might be an agenda. Oh, we've only got two more boxes left, so let's get some agendas in. Uh, either way, these all look great. It's not even so much the big heavy hitters; it's the fact there's some there's some useful low cost characters, which is the thing that obviously Barra sucks at. So, um, very very excited for, uh, in particular, the Red Priest. Mm. It's frankly the fucking dog's bollocks. As uh, just to add an expletive on the front of your. Uh, your um, plaudits there. Uh, he's, the, he's the absolute, absolute. We're not a family show, so I mean it's fine. So, so Peel, have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen the Red Priest? I have. The one that you get to look at someone's hand and then remove it until yeah. the Red Priest leaves place. Fuck, just does what you want. Yep, and then you kind of basically take it away. So it's, it's, it's um, they had that tech in the old game. Didn't, well, not. Well, I mean, you've got you've got scene and flames. You've got standard roller. Look at your yeah, hand. Yeah, you basically take control. Of the, well, you don't take control. You take it out of their hand. You put it underneath your red priest. And you go, ah, you can't touch that. <laughs> like exactly. you bastards. Like I like because you know they're not going to leave you with anything. You know, good. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of the hot version of cold hands, right? Mm. He kind of, but he he's kind of cold hands for your hand rather than the table. <laughs> uh, so he's kind of you know warm hands maybe. I don't know. Uh, but mildly warm hands non-unique, a non-unique three cost that does that you can do that with a fucking queen's men as well so look at their hands you can do that with seen in flames oh yes and I think that's that's probably that's probably one of the things that they're drilling down on is some uh, more kind of look at hand and hand destruction stuff all for that all for I that. like that I like that I think that's a good idea it stops a lot of uh, well it puts, shuts down toolbox decks instantaneously yep It'll pretty much destroy most people. It'll piss them off if nothing else. Um, I mean, I'm obviously, obviously, everything can't be can't be 100% amazing because that's not the way life works. And unfortunately, I am a tiny little bit disappointed of what they've done to Dale Seaworth. But we can't have everything. He was never going to come back unmolested, was he? No, no, he wasn't because he was he was an absolute fucking absolutely amazing car. So now he's a kind of one use get something out, get something back from you get a location back from your discard pile and that's it. Uh, but you know, three for three, still he'll do the job. He'll stick one in. But the you know the mail's good, the bob's good, the status is good. It's 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 all looking good so far. Unless of course the rest of the box is broken. <laughs> Here is all of the good cards in the box. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we thought if we showed you all the shit cards, you wouldn't buy <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to take us through what something something about the box that is bad? I will let that leading question lead me straight into the aspect of the box, which seems a little bit a little bit ropey, which is that with the adver- ad- the, the advertisement of this box 
comes the announcement that there are six extended art cards which are only available uh, when you order the battle box through the FFG website. Now, there are six cards uh, here that all have phenomenal art on them and look absolutely fantastic. But questions should probably be asked about whether this is the way FFG want to go uh, when it comes to, you know, it comes to kind of encouraging the community. I appreciate that they want us to give money directly to them so they can give us a cheeky little freebie. I'm not convinced it's the right way to go. I'm not convinced that I know it's something that they've used in other games, but I don't necessarily think that this is something that's going to have a massive amount of take up. And obviously, uh, when you're outside the States, it's going to be a very, very expensive thing to get hold of. That's, 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 that's pretty much my thoughts. I mean, I like collecting old art cards. They're the only bit of swag I really care about. I like to have all the old mm. arts, but with Worlds last year, doing those sets of characters made it likely that I probably mm. won't mm. finish my collection. And this is making it even more likely. It doesn't even say how many you get. It just says six. So do you have to pre-order three Fury of the Storms to get a play set of old art Stannis's? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm looking at it now going, it is lovely. It is. It's. It's. Really, it's really, I could. Can I justify this? Mm, no. I was trying to figure out that if I if I put in an order myself to FFG for if I pre-ordered the copy of this, it would cost me over fifty quid. It cost me about fifty quid, I think, to get this delivered to me. Once you add on um, the exorbitant shipping charges that FFG charge outside the US, and you have to add customs on top of that, it would come to about fifty quid. Now, I want a batter box as much as the next man, probably more, but I'm probably not going to pay twice as much for that box just to get a couple, just to get a few uh, shiny art cards. Yeah, exactly. Peel, have you had a chance to look at these old art cards? I haven't seen the old arts because this was something that was revealed to me very early on. And you've basically took basically told me that i'd have to pay over 50 quid to get them to me and i wouldn't be able to buy them from my local game shop instead yeah i'd have to go to uh an online retailer which you know i think is a little bit of a dick move yeah i like supporting my local shops when i can that's where i play Hmm. well (laughs) yeah at the end of the day like you know there's well you know where we are based at the moment well where specifically i am you two are a bit different the nearest one for me would either be the one in Peterborough, which does nothing to do with Thrones, or Northampton. Northampton's like an hour and 15 minutes drive away from me, realistically. That's a long way in, in, in England. I know what you're thinking, uh, you know, people are living in America. So that's nothing. That's just where the shop is. Um, but no, that, that's like, that's a long time for us. We don't have much time in the UK. We'll die younger. <laughs> but... <laughs> we have less distance, but we also have less time. <laughs> It's all proportional. Yeah, it is. You know, um, and it's just kind of one of the things. And I just, I'm not sure if I like the idea of having like bonuses if you buy. I mean, if you got bonuses for pre-ordering it in general, like you can get it from a shop or something, that'd be quite nice. Like you send out like promotional cards. You know, like when you uh, pre-order a video game and like game will give you like a basketball or something because why the fuck not? Things like that. Obviously, everywhere gets different pre-orders. That would be quite nice if they put different cards and They did places. do that with um, the Arkham Horror 3rd Edition. There is like a deluxe rule book with like extra bits of lore and hardback and that kind of thing, which, you know, obviously you don't need. And you mm. don't need these old art cards. But, um, 
Like it was a nice, it was a nice thing, and it made me buy it. I was going to buy it at some point, but it made me buy it the weekend of release, so it worked. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand why they can't do this with, you know, do it through their own distribution and distribute these uh, a limited number of these sets of six cards to distributors and retailers around the world. Do you know what I mean? I mean, why not? Unless they're only printing like a hundred sets of them. Or something, and keeping them in a box in the fucking FFG office or, or something like that, and waiting for them uh, through. I don't know why they can't kind of print up um, a reasonable amount of them and then send them to you know, send them to distributors, and distributors could then send them to shops and only have one copy per shop or something like that, which would encourage uh, pe- encourage people to then hurry to their shops to try and get hold of the one. I don't really understand why they can't extend the offer to distributors and retailers at the same time because. It just seems like the ability to get them is so so narrow that they're making them, you know, they're making them so fucking rare. And I think if they did distribute them to retailers and to um, to, to to distributors and the like, it would, you know, it would show that they're supporting their dis- distribution and retail network a little bit rather than just chucking out product to them. You know, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure if you go to most kind of game shops, it's not as if the price drops, does it, on the packs? You know, how often have you seen packs? Nah, they can't. Less. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what I mean. Like it's not as if they're going to lose money by. They can either do like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type thing if they really want to give these things away, uh, just have like certain packs with them in, almost like one in each pack, maybe. And then if people want to buy multiple packs, then to get them all, they're more than one. <laughs> if you want to get an old Art Stannis and slap an enormous bar of chocolate to it, I'm much more likely to buy it. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like the chocolate frogs that you can get. So there we go, then, Tony. Yeah, I would de- yeah. definitely do that. Definitely so basically, do. what you're saying is, now, FFG, because of this, I want you to include a Freddo with the purchase of every pack, or, or I'm not buying them from your website. Or maybe a, or a Chomp, maybe a Curly or, Whirly. Or even a UK distribution site. You pretty yeah. much... Yeah, yeah, anything. Just there, there are other ways of doing this. It's not, you know, I don't understand why card manufacturers do it so differently. What else? I get it. You know, I mean, Yes, you want to make money, but how much extra money are you honestly going to make from getting people to pre-order it and pay you 130 Yeah, fair enough. It's also obviously a FFG decision as opposed to an Asthma Day decision because I would have thought that Asthma Day would be more likely to want to uh, want to distribute these things worldwide. But you know, that's me hoping that Asthma Day, you know, Asthma Day have their head in their shoulders. They're a big, you know, worldwide distribution network. So, but well, yeah, as it t- turns out, they're just going to be hyper rare. It does, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit annoying because again, we're just kind of like at the end of the day, the European play base is fucking yeah. huge. It's huge. Like, it's massive. You've got a big old market. Mm-hmm. And yet, no. Nothing. Of course, it's not like you want anyone to play these cards against you, is it, Peel? Because... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that is the thing, actually. Yeah. As they haven't got writing or text on them, <laughs> it does completely and utterly void out most cards, uh, or at least a few cards that I run in my deck. I know we that. don't even know what... <laughs> yeah. We don't know what they do, Dave. They're going to put them down. They're going to be like, and you're going to have to get a judge over. And then if the judge doesn't know it exactly as well, it's going to be like, uh, right, Google. Uh, it's, it's just going to cause. Why not? Why are they not putting the text? What? Why is my old art cards have always had the text on? Always. Like, there's not one of my old art cards has not got the text on. It always has it on there. It might be smaller. It might be more discreet. You know what I mean? It's not a big box. I'll give you that, but it's always on there. Why don't we just give everyone picture cards or stickers? Fuck it. Well, let's just yeah. turn Game of Thrones into a sticker collection game. It's a it's a slippery slope because you've got the cards in the pack that have 
well, the art takes up maybe 60% of the card, and then you've got the important bit, which is the functional bit, which is the text box. Then you've got the all arts that you win at organized play events like store champs and, and the like, and they have bigger art and they have kind of shrunken text. Then you go a step slightly further, which is like the world championship decks arguably have maybe slightly bigger art and even slightly tinier text. This is the logical kind of extrapolation of making the art as big as they can and then just getting rid of the text entirely. Um, so you've just got a card, you've just got a nice, nice, lovely drawing on a bit of cardboard, which is 63 by 88. Mm. And so the next logical conclusion is they just start printing completely white cards that don't have any artwork on either. <laughs> the interesting thing is that there is a little bit of text on these cards. As far as I can tell, they're all called George R.R. Martin FFG, uh, which means you can only have three of these old art cards in your deck <laughs> in any combination you wish, presumably. I mean, we haven't seen the other side of them. Are they? Have they maybe got a normal card on the other side? Well, I don't know. Then you can them properly because. Um, yeah. Well, you have to choose, don't you? You know, you have to do that thing where you kind of put the where you you put you play the card for the uh, in front of the opponent. And the opponent goes, I don't know what that does. So you go, okay. So you take out the sleeve, you turn it around, you go. There's the normal version. Is does that fucking make you happy? <laughs> no. Anyway, military challenge. <laughs> yeah, doesn't make me fucking happy. So it's 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 a slippery slope. And to the point that, that a couple of years down the line, we're just going to get packs that don't have anything in, and they'll they'll just put a link to to your own kind of print and play. Print and play these white cards. You'll have to do it. So, <laughs> I mean, I can make them in my house. I've got a template for 63 millimeter by 88 cards. I can print out blank cards if I want. I can draw what I want on them. I don't like the idea of having to buy a guillotine either, like to get <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really a scissors man. Like, I'm not very talented when it comes to scissors. I'm confident in myself to. Have You're not an arts and crafts gentleman. If I still lived at home and my no, mum... I mean, don't get me wrong. I can cut a voucher out of a magazine like like nobody's, but I, I can't cut detailedly around the lines because I don't have the no, patience. No. If I was still at home and mum could cut the cards out for us, it wouldn't be an issue. Bring it on. In which case, we're basically spending £12.99 for an adult to cut out some cards for us. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine buying the card pack and then effectively going, I need an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got those shitty scissors that I had at primary school that don't really cut anything. I need a grown up to make my game for me. <laughs> Even worse, I've got the left handed ones, which are multiple colours. What am I supposed to do with these? <laughs> Use them with your opposite hand, but it doesn't work. They're the exact same as the right handed scissors, they've just got different coloured handles. I need to run home to mum to get to cut them out first. <laughs> oh dear. See what you've done, FFG? You see, it's just ridicule now. Just ridiculing you. I reckon FFG should do something even better, you know. I reckon they should just release like almost like a joker. You can just choose what it does. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, just, again, it's a joker. What does it do? Ah, it's whatever you want it to do. Um, immune to all opponents' card effects. <laughs> what? And seven strength because yeah. it's a joker. Uh. <laughs> um, I like the idea of, yeah, playing the Melisandre and just being like, well, it's this Melisandre. doesn't say which Melisandre it is, so kneel that chap it doesn't does it that's, that's a bit of a tricky one like it's a that is actually that's quite a good point Dave if it's got no text on there then can you just kind of choose which one it is like dependent on what comes out because obviously certain ashes for let's just use Greyjoy as an example because I know them a little bit better but certain ashes are going to be a lot better in certain situations like you're not going to need an unopposed challenge all the time so you might just go you know what it's the other one absolutely there's also no way to establish what faction these cards come from. That Renly could be in a Tyrell. Yeah. I'm not sure that's Renly. That could be Garland in Renly's armour. We don't know that. Could be. I mean, it all blurs into one once you've seen fucking 300, 400 pieces of art, right? How do you know if a deck is legal 
uh, because you're playing a banner agenda if you've got these cards that have no fucking text on and no, you know, faction uh, coat of arms or whatever you call it. No faction symbol to indicate exactly which faction you're using. See, you don't fucking know, do you? I don't. <laughs> like that boat could be in fucking five different factions, for God's sake. And that, and I'm presuming the one that's in landscape is a plot. So, God, yeah, who the knows? The one could be an agenda or a song. Don't know. Yeah. Looks oh, yeah, cool. it does look like it's kind of a, that agenda kind of work, the flaming sword thing. Shit, yeah. Could be an agenda. That's cheeky. I never really noticed that. Yeah, I, I assume it's a song, but it kind of has the same kind of art style as some of the more recent agendas. So it's, you could but, argue it's an agenda. It's got no yeah, text. Well, yeah. Yeah, you could argue. So I mean, we can be anything you fucking want it to be, and that's maybe what FFG are going for. They're just kind of going, you know what? You do what you do. You. You make, up, you make up your own games. This could be an L5R yeah. card for all you know. Why not? We'll just yeah. print, we'll just print a load of cards with some lovely pictures on with no text. And you guys make up your own games. It would be great for playing uh, like code names and stuff, like picture code names. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. what they're going for. <laughs> There's a load of artwork. Go and play with your friends. I'll call you in for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and they do make nice house cards. I guess they do. I would use that Stannis as a house card. I'd, depending on what the mm-hmm. middle one is. If it is an agenda, then a full bleed agenda is quite nice. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. it's probably going to need enough text where people are going to go, actually, I'm going to need to read that agenda at the beginning of the game. Because um, everyone needs to read most of the agendas. I mean, this is all uh, this is all moot because no one's ever going to No, not in the UK. That's true. No, not in the UK anyway. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, America. That's our, our two cents on it. It doesn't yeah. really apply to anyone over here. Enjoy your lovely textless cards, America. You yeah. enjoy them. Enjoy making up your games. Enjoy playing with the cards and having to explain people what they do. Enjoy the picture of another boat. <laughs> enjoy the beardy man. Enjoy the guy who could be Renly but might not be and you don't even know if he's Tyrell or Barra. Enjoy the sexy red lady who doesn't say what she does. You enjoy. And do you know what we'll enjoy? Our short lifespans. <laughs> yeah. Yay! You are sounding more and more like Stuart Lee over the course of the episode, Tony. <laughs> Good. Enjoy your little boat. Enjoy your horsey. Get back in the sea. These days, you can't even put the right mel in your deck, or they'll put you in jail. There goes. So yeah, I'm, I hope you think. I hope you think that was a good idea, FFG. If you're listening, which of course you are, think about it properly next time. This is a half-baked idea that you haven't thought through. <laughs> Naughty. By the time we get to the tar box, I want to know what these cards are, and I want to be able to get them if I want. I probably won't want them, but that's not the point. Yeah, whether I want them or not is irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, so, I want the option of buying them. Yeah. You know, then, at the end of the day, we don't even have that option. We're not entitled to such things. Yeah. But apart from that, the Battle of Box looks fucking great. Oh, yeah, I'm really, you know, genuinely it should be nice. It'd be nice to actually play Barra for an occasion. Because um, yeah. when was the last time you actually played Barra? Oh, I played Barra this week. I, uh, I played with Barra. Um, so there was a tournament oh in Aldershot in the last month or so mm-hmm. where they had the intro kit and a season kit and they did it together. And they said, well, the intro kits are a bit blasé now. So instead of running an intro tournament, we're going to run a tournament where you can have an intro deck and a deluxe box and a chat pack. A 1-1, one, one, a C-1-1 one, one, yeah. or whatever they call uh, it. Yeah. But you, you can't use the core set at all because it's the intro, de- intro deck, box, um, chat pack. But because Barra and Targ don't have their boxes you could use two chapter packs uh and i built a barra deck for that um i chose Ooh. the pack with uh, in the name of your king in it uh it wasn't it was like kind of a decent all-round pack there's no 
Uh, what I really wanted was the corset. <laughs> I just wanted a corset to allow my, me to get good plots, but I wasn't allowed to. I chose uh, I chose the England Name of Your King pack because it had that, and that seemed like a decent barricade. And it also has uh, Trading with the Pentoshi and Syria Pharrell, which I thought, okay, I'll add them, that's fine. Uh, and then I chose the pack with uh, House of Dreams in it, House of the Red Door in it, so I could play House of Dreams, um, The Iron Throne, which was awesome. Uh, that's yeah. in the intro deck, yeah. uh, And that pack also has uh, Devon Seaworth in it, who's a great card in Ooh. House of the Red Door, Iron Throne. And I was like, this is going to be really that's good. All. Um, so I was all ready to go, and then I got really drunk and didn't go. So long story short, <laughs> I played the deck against Vince to see how it was, and it was lovely. Well, I got 14 power. Don't know that. Uh, better at the game, I would have won. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Vince milled me because you, our kitchen table is an unpredictable meta. And I wasn't expecting it. And then I suddenly went, that's a lot of scattered vessels. <laughs> and then I was milled. <laughs> Don't get me started. See, that actually, that, that, that's the kind of answer to a question I hadn't asked yet, which is I was going to ask you, gentlemen, that bearing in mind it's uh, two months and one day since we released the podcast, that when the last time you guys played cards was. Um, and you've kind of answered yeah, that. Yeah, it thing. was like... Pew, when was the last, the last time you had a game of cards? What year is it? So, uh, it's... Uh, now you're asking. I believe yeah. it's 2019. Then 2018, and that's what I'm sticking <laughs> with. So so less than a year ago. That's pretty good going. Yeah, it's, it's got to be less than a year ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm slacking badly. It's only really this... Well, maybe the end of last week that I've started to kind of get back into playing cards after the Christmas New Year hiatus and what with the onset of uh, store champ season I've kind of gone better remember how to play these cards I better remind myself what that Greyjoy box does and how boring Sea of Blood is and uh, try and figure out what to do about it because I think we've got like the potential of four champion, four store champs in the next three weeks which is you know a silly amount of card play it's almost too much card play you should cut back speaking of a the things when's are the ones in march more specifically i'm looking for the ones kind of at uh in kind of like march 16th kind of time there's one in lanark yeah that's the <laughs> lanark. lanark there's lanark yeah and lanark which is uh quite far away from you boys <laughs> it's about... is it close to you tony because you know it's i'm free of, it's roughly I've, we talked about this before if you imagine a triangle an upside down triangle with glasgow on the top left and edinburgh on the top right lanark is the kind of bottom it's like the weird See, that's not that, because Glasgow and Glasgow, Glasgow and Glasgow, yeah, they're the same place. Uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh are kind of close together. They're an hour apart. Probably. Well, there we go, then. That's yeah. a, in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's close. In the hour and a quarter it would take you to get to the shops if you're American. So uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, in comparison, that's like literally next door, really, isn't it? Right. And if, if my trigonometry is right, that means Edinburgh to Lanark. It's probably about an hour as well. And, providing it's an equilateral triangle, Lanark to Glasgow will also be about an hour. Because <laughs> that's how triangles work. <laughs> We're not just a pretty Yeah, there's one, of, there's one at Lanark. But... No, no, not even. <laughs> um, the... <laughs> We're not just a pretty voice for radio. <laughs> Peel, Peel, you're more than welcome to go to Lanark. I won't be going to Lanark. That's my birthday weekend and I have other things to do. But there are... Three. weekend too, Tony. That's the beauty of it. You see, I think we share a birthday, do we not? We share. Oh yeah, our birthday's quite close. When's yours? Mm, March sixteenth. Oh yeah, mine's is on the Monday. Mine is the eighteenth. So fantastic. Yeah, nice one. Happy birthday in advance. Well, because you know we might never do another podcast. Um, we never know. Yeah, you can't you, end you, you, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven 
out for one. That's not appropriate. <laughs> if we if we end before a hundred, not don't worry, guys. The podcast is not dead. We're not we're not gonna, just going to kill it prematurely like people think FFG are going to kill Thrones. You'll know about it. it mm. Do it in wonderful pompous style if we were going to do it. But the key thing is we're making a hundred episodes. If I have to drag you through, we're yeah. making a hundred episodes. If we have to put out the shit episode, it's like the contractual episode. That like Lou Reed did that silly one with the I mean all his albums were stupid but he did the one with all like the metal sounds. Yep. If we have to do that for episode 100, it's happening. And now I think we know what we're doing for episode 100. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because while we have while we currently uh, this is probably no surprise to anyone um, have no content planned for episode 100, we already know it's going to be called Metal Machine Music. <laughs> <laughs> We think of the titles a long time in advance, apparently. Monty Python, um, the contractual obligation yeah. album there, and that's and that's what it was called uh, in the late 70s, early uh, early 80s when they were releasing kind of their, their stuff on audio. It was called Monty Python's contractual obligation album. And there, oh God, let's get obscure about this. There was a rock metal band in the early 90s called Mindfunk, right? Mindfunk released a very, very uh, well uh, thought of debut album. Absolutely fantastic. Didn't really sell. The record label kicked them off the label, but they had one more album to release. They released it and they called it Dropped. <laughs> That's amazing. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I've never forgotten that for some reason. It's not, not a very good album, but they were just like, fuck you, record company. This is what we're going to call it. first album good enough to listen to. Should I check that out? Should I check out Mindfunk? Yeah. It's- yeah, it's great. It's not, it's not, it's more rock than metal, but it's, uh, it's, there's some great fucking tunes on that album. I once saw them supporting Slayer. That's how big the. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what you say, like, every time we say a non sequitur or anything. Like, you go, oh, I saw them supporting Slayer in the early 90s. But this time, it's true. It's true. No, it's absolutely true. Edinburgh Playhouse 1992. The boy who cried supporting Slayer. Terrible. Yeah. And if, if either of us were to drop dead right now, uh, well, if either of us were to drop dead after we'd finished this podcast, what we would probably do, then do would be the second hour of this podcast, we would we would split into three and release them as episodes 98 100. Absolutely. Well, no, actually, episode 99 would be a clip show. So while we're on controversy, or controversy as idiots say it, I'm going to say controversy because I prefer it. It's a bit like I used to say advertisement rather than advertisement, but I'm digressing again. A restricted list came out apropos of absolutely nothing because the game was kind of on, well, release hiatus for a couple of months. It's dead, mate. Just like the podcast. Yeah, a previously announced three months of uh, no new no new cards, which was perfectly reasonable on FFG's part because, you know, they have to have a Christmas break as well. You know, mm. let them go home and spend time with their families rather than making up stupid cards for you. They don't lot. have to make up the cards anymore. They're clearly just waiting on the artists. They just print a load of snap cards. But artists need to go and meet their families as well. You know, they're, they're very poor. So we had a, a previously announced kind of couple of months off. And while I think the next pack is probably imminent in the next week or two, in the meantime, ta-da, restricted list pops out of nowhere. For, no, for me, it's very much the restricted list that was promised. Because, I feel, and I feel awfully smug about this, I've been saying for months they should restrict trade routes, and they fucking did. And I think it's because they listened to me. But then I would say that. <laughs> they could have been listening to Vince. Mm, who listens to Vince if you don't live with him? <laughs> you have to listen to Vince because of your kitchen table metal. None of us have to listen to Vince. It's bad enough we see him in fucking three copies of every fucking Greyjoy deck we play. We don't, no one wants to listen to Vince. What he's done is he's devalued his own conversation by having a card that everyone uses and everyone else hates. I guess this is a good segue into the next 
bit of the restricted list, which is Greyjoy, and how it affects our uh, deck building advice. Peel, what what do you put in every Greyjoy deck? There's six cards. What? In a, oh, saves, Dave. Yeah. Not an idiot. You put saves in. You, this is the main reason you play. Why? What have they done? Don't tell me. You didn't tell me this beforehand, and I knew there was a reason. And I knew it was. Hang on, everyone. Everyone, pause. Everyone, pause, and let's wait for the moment that Peel reads the restricted list. Bearing in mind that we sent him it on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, but I want to hear. I want to hear his soul break when he reads it. It's not going to be a broken soul, is it? It's not going to be a broken. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes. Why, are, why are they restricted? Oh, why? the salt of your tears is beautiful. You can't be... Why would you restrict that? That's just fucking stupid. <laughs> the whole reason people play Greyjoy is not for fucking funsies. We play it because we can save our cars and go, meh. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, it was a delight to hear. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they've only gone and done it. The worst thing is it's like red as well, so I'm assuming that means it's, well, it's new. Yeah. And they've also, obviously, the the... Well... Vince. I can only have Vince no, no, or a say. Vince. Uh, the, oh, is that the rider from Pike, Pike is not Pike Vince? Is the one which allows you to ambush weapons. Uh, and it was a bit too silly with. Um, uh, I'll just have to save then. I'm not fussed yeah. about that. Yeah. To be fair, having seeing as there's only two Greyjoy cards on there, let's just make sure any of the other ones don't conflict on the neutrals. Yeah. Any neutrals. I see him all right. See him all right. See him all right. Heads on spikes, you motherfuckers. Ah, Mellow, mate. Mellow. That's Mellow. Oh, is that melee? Oh, I'm on the wrong side. We're all right, boys. We're all right. We're all right, boys. Yeah, you're right. So, so you are all right. You can still have your six uh, saves in your yeah. Game. What it kind of does is it pisses off Just, anyone who wants to banner banner cracking. Uh, because I think that, that's probably why they've done it. To be fair, just kind of like a and uh, no, you either you either commit to Greyjoy or you uh, exactly. though. Yeah. Like, you know they they expect commitment. Trade routes is best out of Greyjoy. Like Greyjoy runs so many low cost locations that trade routes is way better out of them than pretty much any other house. So there's your choice. You take trade routes. Yeah, but you can get away with not. You don't need trade routes, but it just it just helps you so much. But they're yeah, going to but... take our minds, right? They're, they're, they're going to take oh, our minds. I, yeah, trade, trade routes is great out of uh, great joy, but what's happened with this restricted list is now trade, uh, trade routes is the batter restricted card of choice. Pretty much. Yeah, because obviously there's no bad cards on there. Then when it comes to the plots and the like, that that's the only real card I can imagine putting in a grid, putting it in a battle deck, uh, like mono faction battle deck. There's nothing else, and you know the battle doesn't run flea bottom. Battle wars to come is kind of a thing sometimes, I guess. Battle doesn't run breaking ties. Yeah, yeah, trade routes is. The reason it got restricted in the first place is because trade routes is fucking great for everyone. Trade routes is a fucking barely even a choice these days. As Evan once, sent to me, once said to me, putting trade routes into your deck isn't a choice. Deciding how many copies of trade routes is, uh, is the choice that you have to make when it comes to your plot deck. So that's that's now what Battle will have to will, will be able to run if they want. But uh, but no, Greyjoy is still going to run our minds. Yeah, exactly. Greyjoy will still run our minds. Do you know what's really upsetting for for me as a Greyjoy player is this would never have happened in, uh, in the first <laughs> edge. Well, it wouldn't. Nothing like killing stuff is natural. I don't understand what seems to be the aversion in this game regarding kind of like death saves, various things like that. It's it's weird. It's like they've gone, oh, no, Valor's bad. I don't like that. I'm amazed they haven't. To be honest, if Valor, I, I, it wouldn't have surprised me if I'd genuinely seen Valor on this restricted list. But you're saying that at the moment when we're like smack in the middle of a sea of blood meta, which is all about killing things. 
All yeah, I know. You know, but I know how much of a, a everyone moans about it. Oh, it's overpowered. It's not overpowered. Death, death is not. It's not that it's overpowered. It's that it's boring as fuck. What, it's, killing stuff? No, not killing things. Just I think the agenda is kind of boring and annoying and kind of. Oh blah, yeah, that. And kind of and Gridge, I see a blood is particularly fucking effective. Uh, I'm led to believe not that boring myself, but particularly boring and effective. Big dudes killing things. Mm. That's what you're into. That you enjoy yourself. It was good to hear your general anguish. And it was good to hear my kind of like voice, bro, you know, yeah. in a sad mannerism. Like, ah, oh, the thing is, at the moment, if there's not really, it's not going to affect Greyjoy as much as I don't know. I I would really be. I'm not panicked about it, but at the same time, it's just annoying. Like, there's no need to put iron mines as uh, literally. What is wrong with having iron mines on that? You're you're risen from the seas, and well, it's stuff. not that. It's not even as good as it used to be, anyway. Like, Isn't it? anyway, well, no, because it costs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> making us pay for it and everything. It used to be you fucking free. Thank it. you very much. True. It's a great I've got a cost on it. Oh, <laughs> you have to pay one gold for it. You don't pay gold for those Vinces, do you? No, you fucking don't. Don't get me started. What's your own uh, opinions on what they've done here, Dave? Uh, specifically for Greyjoy? No, nah, not for Greyjoy so much, but uh, I mean, they've restricted Dorne, and I'm not sure you were a big Dorne player. <laughs> I love but... playing Dorne. Yeah, I, I think you're mad to play a deck and not include three Dorne. So I'm really gutted about it. Uh, but in fairness, I haven't played as much Martel recently, so that's not quite so bad. Obviously, Martel really like Flea Bottom and Wars to Come and Breaking Ties and Trade Routes and Ward. <laughs> so they've lost quite a lot of cards. Yeah, I'd forgotten about the whole Martel Wolf thing. Yeah, How could I? So um, uh, sadly, it does force quite a lot of decisions. It does. No, there is no right answer for Martel, but you would lean towards Flea Bottom or Dawn. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And even then, I'm thinking you're probably leaning towards Flea Bottom. Probably right? in most decks. I... It depends how slow your deck is. If you're playing a really slow deck, then Dawn's probably better. But I don't know. It just makes me sad. If you're playing Martel Wolf, you go Flea Bottom, though, right? Uh, normally, I think yes. But between Ward and Carhold, it's just so brutal at slowing them down so you can attrition them. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm... I'm yeah, I haven't actually thought about Martel too much recently, which is confusing. Um, I've been too into this this Barra intro deck. It's been, it's been <laughs> uh, and then I played Tyrell Shadows, and I enjoyed playing the Tyrell deck, and I was very confused about the whole situation. So I'm kind of like questioning reality a bit yeah. at the moment. Um, I bet you are. You're suddenly having a midlife crisis when it comes to cards. Uh, now. <laughs> uh, I'm very confused. It's when he comes out as a Stark player next week, which is like, oh, fuck, uh, we always do. He's been a start been a start player for fucking far yeah, too long. That, that field to <laughs> run and then the start conclave as well, it does feel a bit inappropriate, doesn't it? Yeah, moving on to start. Uh the restriction of Wyman Mandley and Ward. Whilst I'm sad to see Ward go on the list from a Martel perspective, boy am I happy to see the two go on the list from a playing in Stark perspective. <clears throat> I can tell you that my Courtney Penrose has never been so happy in his life. <laughs> yeah. That Ward is restricted. Uh I think the Wyman Mandalay flea bottom thing is has now been shut down. I mean, Wyman hadn't been out very long, but he was obviously a fucking incredible guard, and it, it wasn't very difficult to get lots of kind of crazy combos to kind of make him efficient as hell. I want your sacrifice of things and flea bottom them, flea bottom bottoming them back in and the like. Then uh, yeah, something had to give, and now you have to play one or the other. Wyman's still a great card without flea bottom, and Skagos is still a thing and hasn't been touched or anything. So. 
I don't know. I mean, you probably still play Wyman, right? He's, he's you either play Flea Bottom and Skargos, or you play Wyman in most decks. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Ward, fair enough. The kind of poor man's Mel's favour, <laughs> but when when you depend on your Davos Seaworths and your Courtney Penroses, then uh, yeah, it was getting very annoying. So I'm not exactly sad to see that go. It's gonna uh, yeah, it hits it hits the standard start deck reasonably hard, I think. Um, but not as not as hard, and I don't think anyone will be that gutted about the fact that uh, Targar crying in a corner about having their his dar and their marine restricted, because frankly, fuck both of those cards. The fact that they're in the same pack just makes it so much worse as well. <laughs> yeah, same pack, instantly restricted. Well, not instantly restricted, but relatively quickly. Kind of nope, we can't have either. Yeah, that was of them. pack two of the last cycle, so pretty quickly. Um, Oh, same as Wyman, actually. That's a good pack. That's the best. Uh, yeah, they were so obscenely efficient together. Uh, and the fact that they also comboed really well with Fleabottom, both of them separately. Um, it just the fact that they, the three of them are broken up is an incredibly good thing. And it was, it, it was one of those ones that if they had gone on the list before they had even been released, I wouldn't have been sad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not quite Val and the Laughing Storm, but. It's close enough. <laughs> that's the closest we've been to just seeing an instant combo where we go, I think that's going to be an issue. The melee list, I can cover this quickly. There are four cards that go together. Blitherfinger's Meddling, the Annal of Castle Black, a mission in Essos, and to the Rose Banner. And that's FFG saying, nope, we'll have enough of that combo in melee, thank you very much. We'll have none of that anymore. Break all that up. And then Queensguard, because Queensguard is dumb in melee, because standing renowned characters is good. I would be interested to see how they figured out how to how to restrict stuff in melee because there's not really a player base for it. So I mean, like, what, what is it like? Four blokes in the back just going, uh, "Kevin keeps beating me. We'll restrict it. That'll fuck him." A lot of this is from Worlds. So it was a combo deck of Worlds, yeah. The Tyrell style, the Tyrell style um, combo was around longer. That had been at was it a Euros or was it later than that? Certainly an early version, like, similar was at Blackwater. Tamas was... Oh, Tamas has been playing it at um, Siege of Winterfell and Fracas. Like, a really combo version of it. And then the Mission of Nessos deck was, came out of Worlds, and they've hit it. And they've hit both of them in the first available restricted list, I think. You know, it's less pressure to do it than if it was in Joust, because, as you say, not so many people play it. I mean, I'm not sad to see Queensguard go on that list, but two of the, two of the top table at Stalek were running Tyrell Dragon. Right, Bambi was running Tyrell Dragon, and I think Donovan was probably running Tyrell Dragon, but pretty much the same deck. And they were running Queen's Guard. I'm not sure what their restricted card was at the time. I think it was probably Superior Claim or maybe Plaza. I don't know. But it probably doesn't change those decks too much. Uh, well, that, that depends if they were running Superior Claim. If they were running Superior Claim, then yes, obviously, they, they have to get rid of the freaking Queen's Guard. I or whatever. you keep the Queen's Guard, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you know what, you probably do. It's that good. It's interesting that they, didn't, that they chose not to. They probably thought they'd done quite enough uh, to Targ to not want to put Queensguard on the Joust restricted list as well. Putting Marine and Hisdar and Queensguard would be a little bit maybe yeah, overkill. Yeah, Queensguard's only <laughs> really a big issue in Joust in Tyrell, where it's kind of not awful, but Renly just makes it amazing. And with Marine. And if if you want to play it with Marine, go for it, but you don't get to on. So, and you can't bring Queensguard out of shadows for free, with uh, or play it for free with his. Stuff. Yeah, true. So that helps as well. Yeah, 
Mission in Essos didn't last long, did it? No. No. Uh, well, when we were reviewing that in the pub, Matt Herdman just said, like, why does this exist? Because it is useless until someone breaks it. And it's true. Yeah. Like, yep. And somebody broke it and now it's restricted. It was just taunting the player base. And now no one's going to play it in Joust until someone breaks it, and then it will get restricted immediately. And everyone will be like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, there is no kind of spectrum for its use. It either gets used all the time or it doesn't get used at all. You're right. Yeah. I know a lot of people have been calling about putting Vince on the list. No, yeah. no you don't put Vince on the list. you got to put leave Vince off the list. You can't put Vince and the Mines on the list, because then I'll actually have to make a choice before I build a deck. I, don't want to do that. <laughs> I think probably not yet. I think you. I think having just released the Greyjoy box as well. I know it wasn't in the Greyjoy box, but having just released the Greyjoy box, um, they probably want to. They probably don't think it's as much of a problem. In that, if they put it on, I think even if they put it on the list, you they, you probably just choose it if you were playing Greyjoy. Yeah, there's a good chance it just soft bans Iron Mines, right? Yeah, which isn't probably what you want to do. So I'm, I mean I don't really mind. I, everyone's aware it's it's such a ubiquitous card that there's something about a card being so ubiquitous that you just expect your opponent to have it and then you play around it. That, that, that's that's how you play these games, right? People have powerful cards in their decks. You know they're there. You just hope they haven't got them. You figure out where you've got them. You uh, factions have hand destruction. They have ways around oh, getting things. Like, yes, I know Vince is uh, fucking impossible to get off the table because he bounces in and out of different piles, but. No, I'm, I'm kind of all right with it not being restricted yet. I think it might do. I think it, it's probably just a matter of time before it does, but I'm all right having a kind of season with them kicking about a little bit. It's also a champ card and all of that stuff. It's only really had like, you know, six months of play or whatever. Six months of play? No, probably more than Since that. It was National. It was August? It came out, came out just before yeah. Nationals, right? Which was like August, September. So yeah, say six, seven months. You give it a bit of time for God's sake. He worked long enough on the bloody card to then restrict it. <laughs> you know what I mean? 2012, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. No, 2013? Oh, I can't remember. Long time ago. Uh, but trade routes, yes. I guess absolutely, 100%. They had to shut down the radar and uh, pinch of powder kind of thing. It uh, makes sense. They pick the radar and they don't pick pinch of powder. And as for anything, uh, for anything else coming off, I mean, I'd still like Dragon's Tail to come off. Agreed. And... I probably think Tower of the Sun could come off. Really? Uh, I mean, I'm starting to not remember why it went on in the first place. I know it was probably part of the old kind of Martel Rosie kind was, of combo yeah. kind of decks. But was it a key fucking part of it? Uh, it was the way you fueled the gold to be able to pay for the mm. stuff rather than using the night flowers, basically. Mm. Um, in that instance, because it's kind of a useless card anyway, like. I'd rather just keep it on there yeah. to prevent combo rather than... Because no one's going to play it if you're on Restrictor anyway, because it is shit, except in that really specific build. So I would rather they took... Well, firstly, I'd rather they took Dawn off. But failing that, I'd rather they took the Viper off. Who, with the existence of Vince, makes him a lot worse. The only other thing looking at the Restricted list is really harkening back to what Wama was uh, asking for for Christmas in our last episode, which was the errata for Mace Tyrell, and then I'll restrict them. I think, you know, come around to the idea of that being a real good idea. a really good idea. Yeah, because the other Mace Tyrell is obviously getting a fair bit of play, and they may well come around to, you know, you know, give it six months, then maybe they might they might decide to take that Mace Tyrell off and give it a bit of a, get of a, bit of a spit and polish. I don't know. But I think that's quite Mace a good idea. in that form would probably make me want to play a lot more Tyrell. Like, that's a really interesting card. The fact that he's a clock makes it a lot less interesting. 
the clock in the renowned faction is just like oh but just with his action and maybe renown is really interesting uh you could also take off hear me roar i think yeah it's interesting that that's kicked about isn't it because there's so much other kind of put into play and then discard at end of phase stuff that hear me roar is it's, it's kind of sticks out a little bit yeah human roar just seems a yeah i don't think it would immediately elevate kind of lanny jumper decks into the stratosphere if you took it off it would make the already great crossing even better but that's not a big issue i don't think Exactly, yeah, it's good, but it's not fucking winning tournaments left, right, and centre, is it? Melee, don't know. Yeah, that one's a lot harder, as as Peel says, you know, we didn't play it too much, so... Everything's on there for a reason, and I kind of get it, and it's all power grab stuff, even though it's a River Run and Ed Stark and uh, Song of the Seven, and it's all things that grab power, grab power, and the reasons those things are there to make Melee a more interesting game, rather than have it just finish in fucking turn one. So, yeah, I'm off for that. <laughs> Any more power grab on there, please? Thank you all. Okay. Good. That's the world Good. taken care of. Uh, Excellent. See you at Christmas. <laughs> Bye. The, the mm-hmm. other thing we wanted to talk about was the change to organised play. Yeah, you take that one because I don't really okay. understand it. So, Peel, they are changing the way organised play is structured in a couple of ways. So, they're currently... At, well, they're making sure there's a lunch break as a standard. Uh, <laughs> that was a priority. Lunch breaks are only for the week. Well, it was. Sometimes we don't get a lunch break, and it's. Do you know how fucking annoying it is when you're playing <laughs> against a slow burn deck? And it's just like, for fuck's sake, it's lunchtime. <laughs> like, if I don't finish soon, I'm not going to be able to eat. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the biggest concern. Be most better almost. at both playing cards quickly and conserving body energy. Dave, you, you can't play quickly against, like, uh, you know, certain houses, which I'm not going to mention because it would be, be cruel to them. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so they're changing the uh, the structure of the tournaments in general in that they are removing what was the game night kit and changing it to seasonal kits and seasonal premium kits which come together. And the seasonal premium, uh, the seasonal kit will support uh, eight players through three months of weekly play. So it'll be enough cards that if you turn up every month, every week, you'll get a diff- you know the a copy of a card and you turn up the next week you'll get the same one again and turn up a third time you'll get the third copy and then the next month there'll be a different set of cards to collect so over the course of three months if you go every week you'll get a play set of three different old arts which is kind of cool um alternatively you yeah. can run them as a uh, a single like big event which will support more players or allow you to give them one out once uh, and then there's the premium kit which will um be on offer which has well, it says it doesn't really say what will be there, but we assume that will f- be things like um, uh, the tokens, the golden crested house, <laughs> yeah, the tokens and stuff that they used to do, maybe even playmats. So that's the. Oh, I do enjoy the tokens. Well, haven't they? What you saying? They stopped doing playmats in the in the game night kits. You know where there was one playmat for a winner. Uh, all they, they stopped it years ago. They did one for second edition, and then they stopped it and replaced it with tokens and rare cards, essentially. Um, yes, because that's what I need more in life: tokens. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's what the change at the bottom of the pyramid is which seems pretty decent because you, you can either run it like you used to and give it all out in one tournament or if you've got a consistent a consistent um, player base you can encourage them to come every week to get the, the prizes in London we have a number of shops that get the, the get the things in so maybe they'll decide to get more in because these only support three players uh, eight players sorry uh, and we might be able to have you know a tournament every two weeks instead of every two months which will be better, or maybe they will want to have league league play, which would be a bit more awkward because you know doing that in multiple shops every week would be a hassle. 
But um, it gives the shops versatility, which seems like a good thing. Any comment on the bottom of the pyramid from you guys? So, at the bottom of the pyramid, these seem like reasonably positive changes. Absolutely. Yeah? Not well, something, something not negative. No, they, they give versatility to to the shops, and from what I hear, they're cheaper. But rather than they previously used to support sixteen players with one card, now they're eight players with three cards. So depending on how you wanted to, or it will be you know eight players with more cards because you get up to three card copies of a card and it goes on for three months. So nine cards each, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah okay but yeah it looks like it's a better support and you could probably you know if you've got four players in your play in your meta you can buy one kit if you've got eight players you buy one kit if you've got more you can think about buying extra kits shouldn't be an issue but yeah it just adds versatility so as as this is a kind of rolling conversation with with as you're going to go up the pyramid for the bottom of the pyramid e.g. the majority of players mm-hmm. this is a good thing that is a good thing yes okay. yeah I'm for all the many but the many, yeah, yes. exactly, right, crack on. Okay. Yeah. The next thing up the pyramid is the same, it's store championships, which, uh, as you'll know, are a relatively competitive but also quite accessible tournament. The price support's generally better. The price support for the current season is fantastic. One of the best kits FFG has done. And uh, these are great tournaments for you to go to as your first taste of a competitive day. Um, and a friend of mine will be coming to a store championship in a couple of weeks as his first tournament. So that'll be... An exciting experience. The only thing they've changed is that these are now going to be twice a year. Oh, so each cool. shop, and these are these are tournaments that any shop can get previously. Any you know, shop. It used to be that every shop in the country, you know, at the beginning of second edition, pretty much every shop in the country would get a store championship kit, put on a store championship. They don't always do that anymore. But if you've got a meta, or if you're close to a meta that's willing to travel, you can get two kits now. One at the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year. This, I think, is a good thing. I do. I like that idea because that is, you know, because obviously you've got a certain. I've got a few game shops which I enjoy going to over others. I really like the one in Norwich, for example. I think it's a lovely little shop. It's not a large area, but normally when they do their game night, it's on a random day that doesn't help. And you know, it's going to give you a chance now to visit a city twice a year if you like it, or if you live there and you can't travel, say you're, um, you haven't got a car, for example. That's probably the best example, really. Haven't got a car. Uh, or work weekends like I do. It's hard to get weekends off, but obviously if it's going on twice in the year, it's going to make it a lot easier for me and for you as well as a person. I I, I like it uh, more. Yeah, more store champs are the right kind of a really nice level of competitiveness. Yeah, if that's a word. Yeah, uh, they're not too competitive, but they're competitive enough that there's a prize. And as you say, you know, people can come and get their taste of proper competitive thrones because if you're like, playing for something it's called it's got championship in the name do you know what i mean it, it feels like it means something mm. so to have another one of them a year instead of just having the store champ season uh for me signals that there, that there's more in the game than you know that, that there's more of the game being played or more of the game able to be played than the so-called potential death of the game it sounds like they're kind of gearing up the op rather than kind of winding it down also it means we can have another weekender <laughs> potentially a third weekender every year exactly which is and that's got, got to be a good thing for all concerned this is this is an interesting thing i wouldn't say it's a bad thing but the state of my liver does not like the idea of extra short championships but the state of my heart does get your shit together then <laughs> get your shit together because you know 
another weekend or is it is <laughs> yeah if that's looks like it's on the cards really at this one that's the only it, bad thing about another weekender then i'm all in yeah so uh yeah as you say these tournaments are perfect for introducing new players to competitive play having them once a year was previously like well you can jump into the pyramid but we're all kind of in regional season or it's nationals yeah. next week so we are playing top tier dirty decks you want to yeah. join in uh, mid-october and you go yeah great you can play but you want to play against those two guys over there because they're not going to Starlight. And so yeah. <laughs> so they'll play whatever you like. We are playing top-tier dirty decks with two store championships, perfect jumping on port, especially in com- combined with the earlier change. Especially with, I mean, the rate that cards get released from this game is a... Is a it's a thing for some people, right? You know, you're getting mm-hmm. you're getting 20 new cards a month, and then you're getting up, you know, uh, another 50 cards every six months, uh, uh, and the like. So the meta in this game shifts pretty quickly. That's one of the one of the key things about a living card game is the meta shifts relatively regularly, which means that once you know a store champ every six months or so, you know, depending on what point, points of view you have, uh, but on average every six months, they're going to be very very different store champs. And, you know, you might, yeah, sure, you go you go janky for one store champ, you don't go janky for the other, depending on what state the meta's in. So, yeah, I'll follow that. Fantastic change. Okay. So then we go on up to the regional championships, although they have renamed them to the prime championships. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Prime championships. It's like a really... Prime championships just means that the likelihood is you're going to be an odd number. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only thing I can think of. It's just going to be an annoyance thing. It's like, ah, oh, it doesn't divide equally. There is a big 19 above this Prime Championships header. And 19 is a prime number, right? So It is. Yeah. This is what it I mean. Yeah. Clever. Clever. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. And they say that uh, they're formerly known as the Regional Championships. Prime Championships are a high-level tournament run at select retailers and draw players from a wider region to compete for prizes and qualification for top-level events. The winner of each Prime Championship reserves a seat at Worlds, which is what they did previously, um, yeah, yeah. which is great. Uh, the name change, personally, I think is odd. I really like the idea of regionals. It kind of feeds into other competitive games. Like, you know, everyone kind of understands like the level of seriousness that a regional-style tournament should give. Well, um, Glee didn't it, stop preparing for regionals. Exactly. Got, I always enjoyed chatting with my friends, and they was like, what are you doing? It's like, it's regionals, and they're just like, we've seen Glee or Pitch Perfect or whatever. We totally understand how important regionals are. You crack on, Dave. Have a great time. Yeah. Whereas now, if you say you're off to a prime, it's like, what the fuck you want about you, twat? Um, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. It means free delivery, man. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, it'll be here by tomorrow, so you'll be fine. No, 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 you don't understand. I've got a prime. No, mate, it'll be here tomorrow. Like, just don't panic. Uh, the bonus of the name change is that as they're not regional championships, I feel like that gives them more versatility in how many they do. I guess if you have no regionals, then you're not, as you say, restricted to regions. You're not geographically restricted uh, by it, and you can do what you... Yeah, there's more flexibility without that name, I guess. But aside from that, it doesn't make a great deal of difference. They're still the same tournament. They've just changed the name. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the regularity of them is the same, right? It's still once one prime season a year on account of it being prime. You know? Otherwise, they'd be secondary tournaments, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, the weird thing is is that prime kind of evokes the thought of nationals, doesn't it? It does a bit. I mean, it kind of implies top tier. Yeah. Sadly, that's not the case, because then you've got national championships. Sorry, 
You don't. So why have they? Why haven't they changed that to something cool? They have. They've changed it to Grand Championships. Oh, I was hoping they'd call it like uh, I don't know. Sub- Super Optimus. Prime. Optimus. Yeah. yeah. If they had gone for the Transformers theme, it, it it would have been confusing for the Transformers. You have Prime, and then you have Grand. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The jump from store to Prime is quite big, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and then the jump from Prime to Grand is is later. Um, Grand all... is very big, though. Grand, I genuinely think, you know, that is a big event. Yeah. Well, these are only once per year per nation or territory. Mm, yeah. Nation or territory, yeah. Now, of course, I don't know what FFG's definition of the nation or territory is. I don't know how England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland fits into that. Presumably that is one nation, but not in the eyes of the people that live here. So hopefully we get four Grand Championships next year. <laughs> Which is convenient because they're all quite close. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the Welsh Grand, not Grand Championship. <laughs> yeah. Just Darren draped in a, in a flag yeah. <laughs> in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I guess start to get a bit woollier as you get to the yeah. top, but yeah, okay. Um, this is was too many levels, but okay. It does it does make me wonder? You know, as I started to read down this the first time, I was thinking about the re-releases of Street Fighter, where they keep adding words to the end and yeah. they don't really mean anything. <laughs> um, and I expected the next one to be like a Turbo XXL Championships or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sadly, the next one up is is Continental Championships. Which is what they were called before. Which is Euros and it's North America. Euros and Gen Con. And possibly yeah. further afield. Okay. And this is before you even get to Worlds. And Worlds is the final, final tally, the final event. And the World Championships, the pinnacle of any game's competitive organised play programme, it's a showcase of the world's greatest players and strategies. In 2019, the World Championships for X-Wing and L5R will be invitation only. By 2020, the rest of our World Championships will be invitation only as well. And this, my dear friends, is where FFG have shit the bed. Mm. So how does that work if you win a Prime and you get an invitation then? So according to this, if you win Prime, you reserve your seat at the World Championships. Now that won't, that would just be the opportunity to buy a ticket as far as we can see. So see. that's not the same thing. Mm. So that is the change. That's right, Bill. From now on, you have to win a regional, or right. as you go down, top four grand nas- grand championships or top eight continentals to be invited to worlds. Otherwise, but, 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 but hang on, but hang on. So worlds are now invites only from next year. And where are they going to be hosted then? If they're invite only, is it always going to be in the same place? Or yeah, I think yeah, so, yeah. But hang on, I'm confused. If it's invite only, am I getting my flights paid for, or is it just a case of... That'll probably work the same, I'd imagine. Yeah, Uh, yeah, but obviously... I still don't understand the prime thing about you getting, you reserving a seat. Is is the reservation of a seat an invitation? Is that just like a, you can come, but you're not allowed in? No, it's, yeah, it's, it's an invitation. You can come to Worlds if you would like, and there will be a ticket available for you. I would imagine you still have to pay for that. So that is an invitation then, if yeah. you basically have. Which is meaning right. you can change. Meaning you can win, you can win a regional. Which doesn't go regional anymore. You can win a regional. Um, no a prime. You can win a prime. You can win a prime. Yeah, that's what. There I mean. we go. You can win a prime. You don't have to go to nationals or grand. You don't have to go to European or continental. 
Um, but you'll still have an invitation to go to Worlds. Yes. And it's if you win one, which is potentially 10, 11, 12 people over the space of, say, a regional season, if you run 10, or 12, 10 11, 12 regionals like we usually do in this country, uh, well, if they have the same... We get that many normally. We get like eight, don't we? Nah, we get a couple. Oh, okay, well, say... I mean, there were more last year, I seem to remember. Or say, say, the, say there's 10. Say there's 10 people that get an invitation whether they go to a Nationals or not. So they're allowed... It's a kind of weird halfway house then because you can not bother going to Euros or going to Nationals, whatever their new fucking names are, and still be entitled to go to Worlds. Mm -hmm. But what it will mean is that if you, for whatever reason, shit the bed at your regional and you came second or whatever and uh, you came fucking top 16 at Worlds or uh, uh, top 16 at Nationals or you came top 32 at Euros, you're not allowed to go to Worlds. Correct. Interesting. Yeah, okay. So Okay, now, now I've talked it out, it's a bit weirder. The key yeah. the key thing with this <laughs> is that in the UK, not many people go to Worlds each year. Correct. Uh, yeah. Last year, it was what? Evan? Did Alex go? Nope. Evan had his ticket from Nationals the previous year, so he would still been able to go under the previous rules. Tagore went, right? Wama went, but he won Euros. Wama won Euros. Tagore did not win a regional. He did not top four. He did not top eight. So Tagore wouldn't have been able to go. Darren went. Yeah, Joe would have been able to go. Joe won national, so that's fine. Keb and Gabby would not have been able to go. Correct, yeah. I mean, they could have gone. Would Joe and Wama have gone if Keb and Gabby didn't go? I'm not sure Wammer would. Probably not, no. Yeah. Especially because America is a long fly away. It's, wouldn't really it's want not to, like, a fun By time. the way, yeah, I'm going to Worlds, uh, but you're not allowed in, yeah. so... I can watch. Deal? But I guess, to, I guess to play devil's advocate, their point is that you shouldn't... That if you qualify for what they consider to be the the best of the best. It's the Worlds Championship. It's it's notable it's notable they haven't changed the name of that. They've still they still call it Worlds because it's I would have changed it to simply the best if it was Worlds. Well, <laughs> we're gonna call this simply the best. Galactic. And then they could have yeah. Rodimus Prime or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the 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 it's the best of the best. And if you happen to win the nationals uh, and so you are considered one of the best of the best, you are entitled to play at Worlds. But you can bring your girlfriend along and she can play as well. All right. That so so I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Is that I mean, that's the kind of thing that this shuts down. This mm. shuts down. You're bringing your partner along and going, well, it's cool. It might be worlds, but it's not actually that restrictive. I've qualified uh, and I got my ticket paid for and stuff like that. You can tag along as well. You're not the best of the best as far as FFG are concerned, but you can come in and play as well because the there are very, very few restrictions on who's allowed to play in this top tier tournament. So there, so they were previously didn't have that restriction there. So essentially, you could bring along anyone you want, and you could just chuck them in. So this seems to me that I mean, whether this is, it's obviously they're not just trying to, they're not just going, well, let's get rid of wives and girlfriends and boyfriends and stuff like that. But they're 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 trying to make this more of an elite thing. And uh, I don't know. My 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 point earlier on about saying that the improvements to like game night kits and store champs is a good thing. Is, was a good thing. Uh, what I was trying to kind of, what I'm trying to kind of get to is that these changes seem to benefit more, uh, like the people at the bottom of the pyramid, right? 
these things mm-hmm. essentially benefit like positively a majority of people playing the game. And what their their changes to the top of the pyramid have done is is restrict uh, access for a smaller amount of people. Now, the difference being, when you're at the bottom of the pyramid, you aspire to get to the top of the pyramid, right? You, that's what you can, especially, you know, if you're, if you're not dead serious about playing the game, but if you want to be competitive about the game, then you're trying to get to the top of the pyramid. You're trying to win your sword champion. You're trying to win your prime. You're trying to win your grand, et cetera, et cetera. Grand um, slam. Yeah. So what this potentially does is it is it kind of hurts the aspirations of perhaps those people uh, near the bottom of the pyramid because they're kind of like, ah, oh, it's so tricky to actually get this invitation in the first place. I'm not sure I've got it in me. Um, previously, you didn't really have to be very good at the game to get to Worlds. You know, you could just buy a ticket if you happen to buy a ticket. Yeah, you just have to have money. Um, you just have, yeah, you just have to have money. You're right. You just have to have money and be and you could go along and play. So this kind of yeah, it's a bit more elitist, isn't it? For better or for worse. Uh, definitely that. Mm. There's a couple of kind of like issues here. Uh, the average regional winner in the UK is not going to pay for a flight to Worlds. If I mm, won, true. Uh, so in 2016, I won the Stoke Regional. I wasn't just going to go mm. to Worlds because I won the Stoke Regional. No, you're not probably going to win Worlds if you win the Stoke oh, Regional. Like, there's a different... I'm not, gonna, not these days. I'm not going to bother with that. <laughs> no, especially not now. Um, but... Yeah, I'm not going to go Worlds off that. That's ridiculous. Um, but Tagore goes to Worlds every year. If mm. Stoke Regional's the last regional in the season and I'm sat next to Tagore in the final, why would I not mm. scoop? The pressure there is on me to allow someone else to go on holiday. And if not, I get a trophy that means next to nothing. Uh, I get some jousting pavilion points, which mean nothing. And I get to mm. not go to a tournament. But if both of you, if both of you guys are playing in a final, this this kind of imaginary final where you're playing to go at the let's call it the Lanark Regional. <laughs> um, so let's say you're playing in the Lanark Prime event, and you've travelled to Lanark and you're in the final, and one of you wins and one of you loses, and one of you gets an invitation. The chances are still that the arrangements notwithstanding, you're probably going to want to go to nationals or euros right yeah if you have not i mean not always but if someone told you that by winning the regional you've right you've won a regional you've got an invitation the chances are you're not going to go cool got my invitation i don't need to go to nationals and i don't need to go to euros if you're the level of player that's going to get to win a prime just fucking a regional <laughs> right you're going to win a regional the chances are you're the kind of person that wants to go to nationals yeah. and wants to potentially go to euros and wants to climb that ladder yeah um, even if you lose in the regional you've done well enough to get there you're probably competitive enough a player to want to strive higher in that pyramid and and qualify so i i, I uh, it's kind of double-edged sword I, I don't think many people make a decision about worlds based on their result in a regional they know that they have other stages to go through. Yeah, but the thing is, previously you didn't. Like I would in 2015, I wouldn't have scooped in the final of a regional because it because my opponent might want to go to Worlds because it didn't matter. Now it's actively harming my opponent if I don't let them win potentially. Yeah, okay. Now my decision might be like I'm only going to go to Worlds if I can get a flight if I win nationals or Euros. My yeah, regional sure. it might help me slightly if I get a buy. But in the grand mm. scheme of things, it's not really going to. If I'm hurting mm. a friend, 
And let's face it, pretty much everyone in this community is one of my friends. So, mm-hmm. which sounds really big-headed, which is weird. Stop um, <laughs> one of my friends. Uh, if I'm hurting a friend who wants to go on holiday because it gives me a slightly better chance of doing slightly better in three months from now, that just makes me an asshole, right? I guess also from the planning perspective as well, for those people that don't live in America, all those people that do live in America as well, America's a big place. You don't just kind of walk down the road and you're, you know, you're in Minnesota. Um, that if you want to go to Worlds and Worlds is in, what, November or whatever, the chances are you buy a ticket six months, at least six months in advance. Um, but if you don't know if you're going to be able to qualify to go to Worlds and then mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, you haven't won a regional and then you haven't won a, a, a regional and you didn't win uh, you, you didn't do very well at nationals, but somehow you went to Euros and you ended up fucking coming top four or whatever. And then or suddenly, winning it, regardless, oh, all of a sudden, oh, like, yo, look. Well, I would say not even winning it, because oh, winning no. it would get you the flight. But let's say let's say suddenly you stumble upon kind of you're, you're, you're in a position where very, very late, you're now suddenly allowed to go to Worlds. Well, mm. you're like, oh, shit, I better plan then. I better get a flight. Previously, I guess you're right. You, you know, you're kind of, you're like, I can go to Worlds whether I want, uh, you know, whether I win something or I don't. So from the point of view of planning, you just plan to go to Worlds and then you just play whatever you want to play and you're like, it's cool, I'm going to Worlds anyway. Um, but if you don't know if you're allowed, if you're entitled to um, until the results of you know various tournaments, then that's going to kind of throw you off a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, I see what you mean. There's kind of ups and downs and, and the, the, the option of basically it being potentially in your hands as to whether someone is entitled to go to Worlds or not at a relatively lower level is difficult. There's, I see what you mean by them shitting the bed on it. But I wonder if they've thought kind of that far down, how the repercussions of that kind of go down the kind of pyramid of uh, qualifications. I don't, I don't know. So in the UK, it doesn't affect too many people. Because mm. most people just aren't going to go unless they win the flight. It does affect those people who want to go and, not, and are on the cusp of qualifying or just want to go just have a good time. They mm. just can't go now. Um, yeah. People just like going, don't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, it yeah. was a fun experience. Starlight's better, but I'd like to go back to Worlds one day. And mm, this yeah. is, means that I have to try hard at tournaments if I want to do so. Which, let's face it, I don't always want to do. Like, I'm quite happily going to a um, a tournament and playing like a tier two deck for one of a better turn. Uh, in the US, this also has repercussions because yes, the regional winners are more likely to be able to go, but it still mm. has the issues of scheduling. It still has the issues uh, that they won't be able to go with their friends. And whilst yeah. if I'm going to go to Worlds, I'm like I live in London. I can get the train to the airport. I can get mm-hmm. a flight on my own, and I can get um, and I can get a taxi to the FFG headquarters. Fine, I can do that solo. If I'm in America, there's a good chance I'm going to have to road trip people. Yep. And if there's only one of my mates that qualifies. That's going to make it much more expensive. If it's only me that qualifies and I have to drive from Wasau to Minnesota, like 12 hours or whatever, on my own, I'm not going to bother. So not only are they taking away the less competitive players, they're taking away competitive players which are going to find it more difficult to travel than if they were previously. And it's fracturing the community by giving them one fewer events to actually go to to meet people. I know a lot of American players because I met them at Worlds. Yeah. And that, whilst that makes sense for me because I was a national champ, for mm. other Americans, they know each other because they are at Worlds. Whether they're good players or not good players, they've right. met there for the first time. They look forward to going to these things 
every year, seeing their friends. Now they can do it at Gen Con, but Gen Con's a lot more expensive than Worlds. It affects the community, it affects the sociability of the whole thing. Like, you know, like I was saying, not being able to go with your partner, not being able to go with your friends. Anything, um, yeah. Not being able to You're going to have to... Yeah, no. so, you, so so that and it's that and it's... I mean, if... if if I was going, if I qualified for Worlds or if Helen qualified to Worlds, if if I qualify for Worlds, I'm not sure Helen would come with me if she wasn't allowed to play. Do you know what I mean? It's that, not. It's not exactly in the most tourist attraction. That's exactly area. what. Do you I was know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're thinking about it like like that. I mean, if it was in New Orleans, fuck it, I'd go. I don't give a shit. You go play cards for three days. I'm going to go get drunk and listen to jazz. You do, yeah, you do it in New York or something like that. Then yeah, yeah. Like, you, do, you do it in fucking LA. Minnesota, like, it in not sure right. what's around there, Dave. But I'm pretty sure going to Denny's isn't exactly an idea of a holiday. I mean, yeah. uh, they sell decent wings at, yeah, at the great. event center. They have an all right selection mm, of yeah, beers. There's a solid that, sports bar around the corner, and the Mall of America is in Minnesota. And apparently that's a big mall. But the Mall of America is just a big mall. That is literally <laughs> it. Like, what's there? Lots more shops. Yeah. What else? Two Build-A-Bear workshops. I, wi- I live within three minutes work- walk of Westfield. I'm not going to go to the Mall of America. I mean, you can go to the Mall of America. It just means you can get build your own bear and that's about it. Like, great. You get that <laughs> anywhere. Like, but now you can get two of them at two different shops simultaneously. You can race them against each other. That's the only thrill of going to the Mall of America, seeing who can build you a bear a little quicker. World was a weird kind of anomaly, the fact that the, the anyone, that it was the World Championships, but anyone effectively could play in it. It was a weird kind of, I mean, it's kind of a misnomer. Well, it's not a misnomer. It is effectively saying, you know, it's a world thing. So every, anyone from the world can come and play in it. But they're trying very, to... Yeah. Yeah, but they're trying, trying to, to make it, that's what they're trying to do. But they're trying to make it. They're trying to make it a proper kind of top tier championship. So it if you makes take, sense. If like you, to if have you compare it, top it to, tier. yeah. If you compare it to something like the World Championships of Magic or even something like the World Series of Poker, right? You can buy one into the World Series. Right? Well, you can, but you probably won't, right? Well, if you're so rich. You, you can do, you know, as we said, you could go, you know, money. You could go worlds and and, and all that. But let's say. I qualified for the World Series of Poker and Helen wasn't allowed to play because she didn't qualify for the World Series of Poker. It's in Vegas. She'd still come. Yeah. You know, these places, because these these events are held in prestige locations that um, and, and they have, you know, hundreds of people qualified to play in them. The buzz surrounding them is worthy of going to visit in itself. I don't think Worlds in this way is prestigious enough for me, for certainly me or anyone I know to kind of go, oh, I can't play, but it'd be really good to be there because they're not going to. One of the one of the things about being there is being able to play. Even if you get fucking, even if you go with like zero and seven, at what you, you're still like, oh, I played at Worlds. You know, it was it, it, it was great. It was great, and um, and I got to meet everyone else there who also went zero and seven and and and, and all that. So the sociability and community aspect of it seems to have been kind of, yeah, chopped a little bit when you think about it that way. And when you think about how important the community aspect to this game and the, the and the various kind of metas kind of around it, how important that is, it does seem that they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because it's one of the big things that this game has going for it. Yeah, I think down I think down at shop level, grand, but the aspirational part of it, which is those people at shop level that are looking up to kind of see what they can what they can get or what they can't get or what, how far they can go in this pyramid, this mysterious pyramid that we're talking about. Um, it certainly hurts the kind of upward trajectory a little bit. Yeah. Um, while you mention magic, uh, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard on reasonable authority that the Magic World Championships, being invite only, 
aren't as prestigious as other events. Oh, is that right? Uh, you know, it's the Pro Tours, where the, which are also right. invite-only, but it's, you earn your invitation over multiple events. So you okay. build up points to go to the Pro Tours. Whereas yeah. the Magic World Championships is a very small event. Oh, and while it's technically at the top, it doesn't get anywhere near as much as... Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's placing in multiple Pro Tours, which is kind of the, the thing. You get you get more prestige by that than you do by winning, you know, a fight by a world champion. I, I don't know how true that is. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's, where it's, is the Magic World Championship held? I think it rotates. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. Still rotates is probably not a bad show as well, unless they start doing that. The thing it. is, they're not going to do that because um, they've got their event center, which makes yeah, it like no. free to run their events. Basically, they just have to pay the staff over the weekend, and that's the only difference. Whereas if they have to hire somewhere, it ramps the cost up considerably. So yeah, that's the that's the the change to the OP period. That's the the, the there we go. The so now we have primes. I think that's the lesson we took away from this. Yeah, we've got mm. primes. Yeah. 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 Got prime. Can you get student prime for like half price? That would be good. No, yeah. unfortunately not. Maybe. I've got student prime. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> you got student judge? Fine. Got student prime. Yeah, I've got. Yeah. Shh. Don't tell Amazon. <laughs> uh, have we got anything else to say on organised play I may as well I mean we may as well say it here since we're talking about organised play um, so everyone is will be aware that the Euros uh, that will not be held at the UK Games Expo this year as they have been the last, the last two years Euros are being held elsewhere I think there's still talk of it being held in Poland and uh, sorry one minute where did you say I think they're being held. I think they're they're talking about holding them in Poland. They mentioned Poland. Oh, I thought I th- for some reason. Oh, when you said that, I didn't hear Poland. I heard Bourne, and I thought Bourne. Why the fuck would they hold them there? That makes no <laughs> sense at all. Like that's like a small town just in the Fenlands. That's not a place for these things. Imagine like sending a tourist there. They fucking shit it's themselves, a, and they'd get Bourne. fucking like kicked out as well because you know it's born and it's a Fenland area. And also, by the time by the time it hits, hits the bottom half of the year, it might not even be in Europe anymore. So, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. Probably, ironically, that's probably why the Euros aren't being held here. Yeah, just safety, right? It probably just, is, you know. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, that would make perfect sense. Yeah. No, I think I think they had two years of uh, running at the Expo, and because Europe isn't just the UK, Europe isn't just Birmingham, then it makes perfect sense for them to hold it in another European country. <laughs> anyway, we're still having UK nationals at the expo this year along with a lot of other ffg events and for better or for worse probably for worse uh i will be toing that event oh fantastic you, you caved i did cave i 100 percent admit that i caved because <laughs> yeah. used... i think you wanted a bit more positive uh positive response there didn't you <laughs> no at all this is exactly what i expected because <laughs> asmodee and the asmodee staff used the one tool that i'm I, I I have no immunity to. They used flattery, <laughs> which, is, which is something that doesn't get that doesn't get used against me very often, or or used to kind of pry anything you know f- f- from me or convince me to do anything. But people said very nice things, and I went, and I caved and went, oh go on, I'll run your tournament for you. So let's get fifty players, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a flight at stake. But uh, yes, please come to the UK Games we'll Expo get 50. and come to UK Nationals, which are the last weekend in May, beginning of June. And it will be delightful to see you there. There will be a judge or two 
I am possibly not a liberty to who they are just yet, but uh, it's months away. We'll get that sorted. If you need volunteers, by the way, Tony, fully going to volunteer. No, you're going to play, Peel, because we need 50 players. No, no, no. I'm going to volunteer to do the judging. We need 50 players, Peel. You'll be playing. Okay, fine. I'll be playing Jesus. <laughs> There's all, good- I wanna, all I want to do is judge and just have a judging dice. That's what I was going to have, Tony. You're taking it away from me. Don't and a gavel. Don't tell anyone about the judging dice. (laughs) (laughs) That's secret tech. (laughs) But yeah, I'll be running that tournament and uh, I'm apprehensive, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. It'll be a good good gable. Yeah, exciting. The last thing we had on our list of stuff to talk about is uh, Jesse's name day draft, which happened Mm. yesterday. Uh, And all we have to say is that uh, do you want to talk about how bad Barrow is, Tony? <laughs> no, no, I'm not the player. I'm not the, the person to, to talk about how bad Barrow is. Okay. No, I don't want to concentrate on how bad Barrow is. I'm looking ahead to the to the lovely new shiny cards okay. that we're getting and thinking about how good it's going to be. Yeah, he's an optimist. Come on. But I am aware that currently Barrow are perhaps not the faction du jour. They're not favourable, I think, is probably the best way. That's yeah. the nicest way of saying they're not. The, the problem is in a game that has eight factions in it, there are seven factions currently better than Baratheon. Mm. <laughs> to, the, to the point where the first faction to go on sale was worth $40. Mm-hmm. And that was Greyjoy. And then Targaryen went on sale shortly afterwards, and that was worth 40-something, like 47 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it came down to the last two factions, which were... Lannister and Barra, definitely, or almost definitely the worst two factions. Uh, Agreed. Lannister went for over $40. Wow. As the, the anti Barra tax. That is the price you pay not to have Barra. Not it to was, play Barra. It was the second most expensive house, even though it is almost definitely the seventh worst. Uh, it was mad. Yeah, yeah, but because it comes down to please don't make me play Baratheon, uh, you overpay for. Uh, a faction who aren't significantly better, <laughs> really. And it's Poor like Stark was 26 or something. Well, that was pretty oh, reasonable. Okay. Even though they've been hit with the restricted list. And there was some more reasonable, like Tyrell and uh, Martell and Nightwatch weren't too badly priced. So they're definitely even worth putting them up $10 or so and getting one of them. Uh, and overbidding on Lannister, but alas. So what So what did Barra go for in the end? Well, Barra was the very last thing to be bid on. Because once, you know, once they're in their yeah. houses, it's just the last thing to nominate to bid. Uh, it went for seven dollars, which was the entirety of his entirety of his budget, basically, that was remaining because he may as well spend it. But really, it went yeah. for one dollar. Yeah, it went for it went for a penny, really, didn't it? Yeah. But uh, but crucially, it's not real money, is it? No. Exactly. No, but so it, it doesn't matter. that you get worse players, right? That's the theory. Although I don't know because I don't know most of the names on the list. <laughs> Poor Barra. Yeah, poor Barra. <sighs> but at least they've got their uh, cards with no text. Cards with no text for no money. Yeah. I'm really happy about that, I can tell they are. <laughs> like, fucking yes, this is what we always needed. Like, yeah. Well, then, obviously, so obviously, we're all rooting for the Barra team on account of their underdog status. I'll be rooting for the Barra team, even though I don't really know when the tournament is. And <laughs> really, I wasn't paying any attention. And this might be the first I've actually heard about it. But I'll be it rooting. may have already happened, but damn it. <laughs> damn it, I'm rooting for that Barra team. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> Go Stags, come on. <laughs> That's how they say it in America, isn't it? Go Stags. It's like football. <laughs> football. Yeah? Go Stags. Oh, dear. With their shoulder pads and their cheerleaders. and Yeah. 
Good luck, Baratheon team. 